1: Trojan fans, welcome to the Peristyle Podcast on a Monday. Back to our normal routine. The team's winning, no emergency podcast. We're going to go through a little more regular routine, hopefully, for the rest of the season. We're going to have Coach Harvey Hyde on today. Follow him on Twitter at Coach Harvey Hyde, talking USC football. The Trojans even their record at 3-3 after beating number 21-ranked Colorado in the Coliseum, 21-17. So we're going to talk all about that and answer all of your questions. Have any questions for us? Podcast at uscfootball.com. You can leave a voicemail. We have all that information up on our website, peristylepodcast.com. Check it out there. Um, we're on iTunes. Please subscribe and, uh, leave us some positive feedback. Leave us a ranking. That'd be great. Share with your friends. itunes.com slash peristyle podcast. And we're also on Stitcher radio and audio boom and tune in and, uh, Google play. So lots of different ways to, consume the podcast i've been listening to a lot more in my car lately on the TuneIn app so that's kind of a cool thing uh, but yeah i hope you guys have been enjoying the show we'll do a few more of these this week and like i said today we're going to talk with the coach harvey hyde what is up coach how are you
0: well here we go again buddy it's always good to come on after win and talk about all the good things and things that are happening with the trojan football program I want to thank all of our listeners out there that uh, make this show, because without you and your questions, uh, we don't have a show. So why don't we get started?
1: Yeah, let's get started. Jump right in. And we I do want to thank our listeners, because uh, it's been great. The, the kind of feedback we're getting from all of you. People approach me all the time. Um, hey, I love the show. Listen to it here, blah, blah, blah. So it's its awesome. So uh, it's neat to to be able to reach uh, so many USC Trojan fans. So we do appreciate that greatly. And I'm uh, glad we could... L- Be a little part of your day here talking USC Trojan football. Uh, wanted, before we jump in, coach, wanted to thank our sponsor, Southern California Tickets, -tickets sctickets.com. Couple more home games coming up for USC after the uh, road trip to Arizona. So if you want to go to a USC home game or Dodger playoff game or any, you know, lots of stuff going on here in Southern California across the country, sctickets.com or give them a call at 1-800-888- 7287 tell them the coach harvey hyde sent you from the peristyle podcast maybe they'll get you a little deal coach what do you think can they drop your name and it'll help out
0: i think they ought to drop my name i don't know if it'll help out <laughs> but i would i would drop my name and so they'd let me know that we do have some listeners
1: yeah for sure uh i've had people email me and they've used the service before and uh, they liked it so that's great so sctickets.com and they will help you out All right, coach. Um I want to maybe get a couple opening thoughts from you before we jump into the questions. We got some good questions, uh, on the, the game. Uh, but I wanted to check with you and see, you know, kind of what stood out to you. Um, I think it was an important one for USC. I don't know, uh, you know, as far as after USC, uh, lost to Utah, it was tough. I mean, I think that was a, you know, it was tough there. The Arizona State game wasn't as critical to me because it was kind of like, ah, oh, the difference between, one and four and two and three, but it seemed like this Colorado game because it was a ranked team uh, certainly could change the whole direction. You know, having a three and three record versus piling up another loss uh, to a, a Pac-12 team and losing to Colorado for the first time in history, I thought that could have been disastrous. But he, you know, Clay Helton and the company were able to avoid that. So this one to me was a bigger one than the Arizona State game the week before.
0: Well, I don't know which one was a bigger one for you, but the biggest one was the Utah game, because I thought that was a must game, because I thought they dominated that game. They should have won that football game, and it's how you react and how you come back after you lose a game like that. So the Arizona State game, when they came back and won that game, and I thought dominated that game. In fact, if you remember, I was disappointed the way they finished that game, because they got outscored 14-3, to I think it was, in the fourth quarter. Otherwise, it would have really been a, a real... Uh, dominating victory. It was, but I mean, it could have been really better. And uh, again, they had some turnovers and did some things that they can get better at. And that's what they're trying to do get better and better every day in every way. Now, the uh, Colorado game, I think, was a must game, too. For USC and its football program, every game is a must game. It's a huge game, but you're trying to salvage a season, salvage a season that really started off pretty negatively. They'd probably like to go back and replay the entire season where they are currently right now. Now Alabama, maybe not. But again, I think you'd play them a whole lot differently. And I think that you went, if you went back and played Stanford now today, you might attack them differently and you might have a different result. The same was Utah. But you can't do that. So you got to continue with your season. You're now three and three and your next game two is going to put you in a position of again going on the road. And getting tested again, but you haven't won on the road. You haven't won on the road. So it's going to be very important that you can go and prove to yourself and and your alumni and everybody else that you can win on the road. They're three and three, three home victories, three losses on the road. But I thought the Colorado game was what I thought it would be. I think Colorado is a very well coached team. I don't see a lot of gifted, great athletes on Colorado's team. I think Montez is a good quarterback, but he's not a talented, great quarterback. And I think that when USC started to get their identity going as they did in the opening part of the game, I thought their first drive was one of the best drives of the year, mixing it up and run and pass. And then of course, when Sam Darnold fumbled on that, I was very disappointed as he was and everyone else. But again, you got to go back and you got to look at this kid. He's, he's a, linebacker playing quarterback he wants to be in the game he's a playmaker i gave him an a plus after the first quarter because of the rhythm and his release and what he brings to that offense even with the fumble as far as on my tweet that i tweet out after every quarter i mean a quarterback never gets hit ryan you're at practice you can't touch a quarterback if you touch a quarterback wow you're in deep trouble so now he's running with the football, and he hasn't learned how to secure the ball, because he's never been hit or dove for the goal line in any type of practices. So you've got to start to teach him the something that he wants to do. He doesn't want to slide into the end zone. He wants to get into the end zone. And I think what you can do sometimes after listening to some of the comments of the coaches and so on, you take the athletic ability away from this type of play, when you start to coach him too much. Got to let him be who he is. Let him play who he is. Now you can tweet it here and there, but he wants to smell the goal line like everybody else. So you got to teach him how to get into the goal line, and he'll be a bigger threat when people on the defensive side of the football, of your opponents, know that he has this ability to get into the goal line. So you work on it. You put mats on the goal line line. You have him learn to run and jump in the air and secure the football. Get into the end zone and how to hold the ball. and It's just like when you used to block punts. You put a big mat in front of the uh, punter and you dive under the mat and stretch out. You don't hurt yourself, but you learn how to do certain things. Because this football player, Sam Donald, is special. He's going to be a special player. So don't overcoach him. Don't try to say, oh, you can't do this, you can't do that. You just have to tweak it a little bit where you teach him how to do those things. And then all of a sudden, he's going to continue with his great playmaking. He makes plays happen when they're not supposed to happen. So that's what I think about Sam, and that's what I think about that. But as far as the offensive line, I thought the offensive line pass-blocked pretty good. I would say this was their best pass-blocking performance of the year, basically. I think that uh, the defensive side of the football is starting to get an identity and building up more confidence. I like it. When they mix it up and they come after you and they drop back and they mix it up and they come after you, I think you're having fun playing defense. I think the kids are starting to have fun playing defense. They're losing a lot of contain on the left side, and I'm not going to point out who I think that is on, but it's the same person all the time. And when you're stunning, you can't lose contain. You want to keep the quarterback in the pocket so you can get to it. So you can't let your contain break down. And they're losing contain, and that's when – the quarterbacks are sort of running away from the, the, the blitz and stuff, and they're completing a few balls. So you can't lose contain. As far as the rotation of players in the secondary, I can understand the rotation of the players in the front seven as far as the defensive linemen. But the rotation of the players in the secondary, there's a lot of rotations going on. And it's the same thing as a running back or anything else. You get a feel when you're playing the game a lot. You get to know the receivers you're covering. You get a feel of what he is and who he is and how fast he is and and his moves. And then all of a sudden you're out of the game and someone else is coming in trying to learn the same thing again. So I'm not for rotating a lot of people in the secondary, but you want to feel. You hear in in the paper, you hear the backs, Rodney Jones today, uh, Ronald talk. You heard, you've heard I, how many times have I been preaching this as far as uh, Justin Davis saying, hey, I get a feel when I get to play, play after play after play and I recognize that I, I know what's going on. I've been, I've been talking about this for three or four years. And now Ron Jones said it again. He says, I get a feel when I'm in the game all the time. Well, it's not just the running back. It's the offensive lineman, It's the receivers. It's the defensive backs, but they get the feel on who they're playing and what they can do and what they can't do to that guy. So, you know, I'm not going to ramble on any, I could talk one hour on these types of things as far as philosophies. And that's not what we're here for. But you got to be careful, Ryan, what questions you ask me. Okay.
1: <laughs> okay. No, coach. Well, I just wanted to get your thoughts, you know, to start. Um, we'll jump into the specific questions from the USC fans here. Curtis will be first up. He said, Ryan, please put the word out. We just beat a ranked opponent and for two straight weeks, we put out the quarterback, uh, we put out their quarterback. And we are blitzing. We are coming after you. It will put the fear in the teams that have to play us. So not really a question, but a comment from Curtis.
0: Yeah, I agree with you, Curtis. You've got to mix it up. You've heard me talk about it all the time. When you play a vanilla defense, and if I'm an offensive lineman or anything else, and you're always in the same set, and I get to know who you are and what you're doing, and it's easy for me to come to the line of scrimmage and run a play. And if I'm an offensive coordinator calling plays, it's easy for me to know what you're in. You gotta, you gotta confuse me. You gotta, you gotta keep me on my toes. You gotta say, uh, or keep me guessing even, I think they'll run this because every third down they've done this. Well, on the next third down, you don't do that. And all of a sudden you get a big play, a sack, you get an interception or, or something happens. So, you know, you've got to do different things at different times so you keep the offense really on the defense and you have a lot more fun playing defense. I agree 100%. They're getting more of, a, of an identity. They got away from it again a little bit, but then they got back to it. And if you remember the Utah game, or what game was that, they stayed in the vanilla forefront, uh, two, uh, two, or, uh, what was it, in the 4-2 de- defense, and they drove down the field. Arizona State's game plan was the same game plan that Utah had. Exactly, short passes, short passes, not many deep passes at all. Maybe maybe they threw a streak or a fly maybe once or twice the entire game. It was all around the short passing game because sometimes Utah, uh, USC plays way back. They play back eight yards, they got six yards to go, and they're throwing the ball in front of them, throwing the ball in front of them. So you've got to mix it up in the secondary too. You can't be afraid to come up Challenge a guy, bump him, and go after him. You can't be afraid to do that.
1: Uh, Coach Tarek had a question. Uh, he's not exactly happy with the USC offense, I guess. He says, Why does the offense look like it's just improvising rather than enforcing its will?
0: Well, uh, I, I don't know exactly how to, uh, how to explain that, except for I think they're starting to form an identity. They're trying to, okay? They're trying to be somebody, like before you've always heard me say, I really don't know what offense they run, and until you decide who you are and what you're trying to accomplish, you can't do that very well. I think you don't have to do a lot of things, but what you do, do them really good. I mean, really dominate what you do, whether it's the the running game, the passing game, whatever. And I think it's got to be a combination. When your running game is going, your play-action pass is going because you can't stop it all when you have great athletes. And USC has great athletes. So let's just say that. I wouldn't have changed the roster with Colorado. I wouldn't have the roster with Utah. And when you lose a game to a team when you have a better roster, then it's on me, the coach. I didn't get them ready, or we did the wrong things. And, yes, of course, you're going to have penalties at times, and fumble the ball. You don't plan on those things happening. But you've got to get into an identity of who you are and what you need to do to win. Right now, a team that's doing that is the University of Washington. They have a lot of confidence in what they're doing. They have a lot of confidence in the front defensive front where they can play a base defense up front and dominate the line of scrimmage and play in the secondary or anything the way they want to do. Well, once you get that confidence in yourself, then you have an identity, and then you can line up and don't care what they're in, you're going to be able to take care of it and audible the football and take advantage and make your reads and, and do all of this. Right now, USC is still trying to do that. Every week I see something new. How long have you heard me say, throw the ball at the tight end? Throw the ball at the tight end? Now, you, you people are probably sick of listening to me talk about that where they're starting to throw the ball to the tight end. In fact, can you believe three touchdown passes to the tight end? Well, you're still not utilizing them as, as often or as much as I think you should. That interception that he threw to uh, Stevie Mitchell coming across the middle, the only reason that was an interception and that they didn't have anybody in the middle of the field, a tight end or somebody, to hold the safety. So the safety came off the middle of the field and stepped right in front of it. If they had had a tight end or somebody going up the middle of the field or some type of curl route or deep post route or something in there, seam route, that safety wouldn't have been able to get over there. So there's always things you can improve on. And I think they're trying to do that each week as far as listening to this podcast. No, I'm just kidding you. As far as.
1: <laughs> I think they are, <laughs> just, coach.
0: Just, just take it to the next step. Don't wait. Know what you're trying to accomplish and run not a lot of routes. But like they ran that comeback route when they had the big play, uh, when they needed a, there was what was it, third and seven or third and eight at the end of the game and Clay Heldon went with it. And that's when Juju could have run in for a touchdown, but just fell down. Hey, that was a big decision. And what did they do? They threw a nice stop route and he came back to the football far enough for the first down, but he broke away. And how many times you've been hearing me the entire year talking about not only are the receivers making great catches, but it's the yards after the catch that's been great. You haven't seen them complete a lot of deep passes. They don't do it because they don't see a lot of separation on deep routes, which concerned me as far as the speed of the receivers. The one Juju caught, the one streak or fly they were running, the ball was thrown short and he came back to it and caught it. The one Darius Rogers caught was just a, just a fabulous catch that he made because he was a great athlete going up and wanting the ball more than the other guy. But those are the only deep real passes they threw to to keep the secondary really honest. And I, and I really don't know why they do that, but they have the reason. So let me end to that, that because I could just keep going and give you a clinic on passing game. (laughs) I,
1: I think a lot of it, I mean, just because Sam Darnold, the way, the kind of athlete he is, he improvises a lot, you know, and that's, and, and Clay Helton said afterwards, he wants you to, you know, he told, he just wants him to go off and be, be himself. He's not trying to rein him in. So maybe that's why the offense looks a little more, uh, impulsive or whatever. It's, just, it's, it's more, you know, you, when those great plays with Sam Darnold, you know, fumbles the ball and, uh, picks it up and rolls out and finds Tyler Petit for a touchdown. Like that's just kind of, that. you can't draw that up. That's just him making plays. Now he turned the ball over for three times two. Um, so there, you know, there's some give and take there, but I think that's probably why it looks improvised just because, That's the way Sam Darnold is. He's just kind of leading by gut instinct more than anything.
0: Listen, a friend of mine, uh, Chuck Hayes, and I don't know how many people out there know him. He's been saying this now for the past three to four weeks. He always texts me after one of those plays. He says, Brett Farr. There's Brett Farr. And if you think about it, you look at him, this is exactly the way he felt, played. He would run around, make great plays, do this and do that. Great. He was a playmaker. He's a winner. And that's exactly what Sam Darnold is. You can't take that out of him. you got to let him be who he is. You can't change him. So let him be, and he'll get better and better and better, and sometimes he'll learn the hard way. But he'll remember that, believe me, and he won't forget it.
1: We had a couple of international questions on Justin Davis, uh, the running back coach. We'll start with Neil uh, in Manila. He said, how do you guys think, the USC running backs will perform if Justin Davis can't be back until the Oregon game. Do you guys think the play calling can be adjusted to suit the tendencies and styles of Rojo and Sed? He's talking about you know Ronald Jones and Aka Cedric Ware. Thanks and fight on. Uh, Neil from Manila.
0: Well, you know, now you had a great running back and you're still doing Justin Davis. Why you allowed him to become one? You allowed him to play in a football game. You allowed him to play every down, Allow him to get a field run the run the football, do what he has to do, be a receiver, pass block when he needs to do, don't have any tendencies, and you developed a running back, and you've heard me say, "Hey, everybody's got to wait their turn in fact, I said that last week, hey, Jones, you got to wait your turn, hey, where you got to wait your turn, and when that turn comes, then you better prove to me why why uh, I should have been playing you, and now it's a chance for these guys to do that during the week of practice and now with a game coming up. Hey, you got to step up and be who you are. It's time for you to be the all state Texas football player that came to USC because he wanted to be a great player or wherever you're from. And it's time for you now to be a part of our offensive unit and contribute to the offensive output. So now they have that understanding this is what you're here for, and you got to get it done. So, hey, you, what's your alternatives? You've taught an offense, they know the offense. Uh, Ron Jones is more of a big play type of guy. So you got to be able to put him in a position and hope you get some big plays and make plays for you so you can win. So no, uh, they've got to step up and they got to play because that's what you do. You don't change your offense. Your offense has been taught. If you change your offense, you're telling your team, Hey, we're not good enough. These guys aren't good enough for us to win. You don't change what you've been working on for six months. You stay right there, those guys step up, and they play big and get it done.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I know they trust Justin Davis more in, like, pass-blocking situations. So they're going to, you know, if Ronald Jones is the main back or how often wears in there, obviously they can't, you know, just only only run the ball when those guys are in there. So they're going to have to trust them to pick up blitzes and catch balls out of the backfields and things like that. So that'll be interesting to see um, how that goes forward, Coach, because – they really felt comfortable with Justin Davis doing all those other things. He ran the ball really well, but he, they trust him to do the other things too.
0: Yeah, you're exactly right. If I have a defensive coordinator, I, I, I pick that up. And if it is a passing down, then I'm going to go after you more. If, I, if you're depending on a smaller back to pick up my matchups, that I'm going to match up with you to have to block him. So, uh, But I tell you one thing they got to pick up. they got to pick up that circle route away from the flow. I'll tell you, uh, Colorado ran that a couple of times, and your backside linebacker, whoever has that guy. If I'm watching films, because I saw, I saw uh, uh, McCaffrey do it at Stanford. I now, now I've seen Colorado do it two or three times. Hey, you you got to get that play shut down. I'll tell you, we'll be working on that today.
1: We had one more question, Coach, on the running back situation. Uh, I said, I absolutely love Justin Davis' character and heart. But he simply cannot keep laying the ball on the, on the ground as frequently as he does. Every run has the potential to turn it over. And that relentless fear creates doubt and hesitation in a team. Uh, we will lose games at crunch time, not only because of fumbles, but also because of this mental hesitation in quotes. Am I blowing this out of proportion? Um, please let me know the reality of the situation. Trojan fan in soul. So, uh, shorter fan of korea
0: well nobody likes fumbles uh and players don't fumble on purpose some players just fumble at at the wrong moments of the game and when you're on a move and you have a turnover and uh, sometimes when you recover it then nobody says anything about it but myself i've always found that when a football player fumbles, he's going to carry the ball the next play. If I can, depending what the situation is, you've got to have his confidence. You're not going to play Justin Davis? Sure, you're going to play Justin Davis. You just got to work on him. Uh, what what Justin does, he he makes a lot of moves all the time. He's running laterally. And sometimes he has to move his hand away from the ball to keep his balance. You can't hold on to the ball with two hands. So when you do that, Obviously you become more vulnerable to fumbling the football when a guy comes in there with a punch or a guy comes in there with a helmet to, to make a hit. So you've got to really, uh, be conscious of that and he's going to have to be more conscious of that because he's not going to fumble the ball on football and I'm not go- on purpose and I'm not going to take him out of the game. Okay. But he's the back. He's got to learn to play without the turnovers. So. Uh, it just has happened that he's had these turnovers. you got to hope it doesn't continue. And uh how do you work on it? You work on it in practice. But I'm going to play him when he's healthy, okay? Because we're not going to get the yards that we're getting without him anyway. So, yep, you just hope it doesn't happen. Other people will fumble. Or, uh What, are you not going to play a receiver? Because he drops a pass? I mean, same type of thing, really, almost, except it's not a turnover. But or if an offensive tackle misses a block or two or three times, you you can't just take him out of the game. Or if a guy misses a tackle, you take him out of the game. It's just that a fumble is so out there that everybody sees it with the momentum and what's going on. It, it And an intercepted pass, they keep track of all those things. So it's a stat that's out there that everybody counts and sees. and And that's why it's talked about so much, and I think it should be. I really do, but there's a difference in the football game when you talk about what do you want to do? Well, you want to have more turnovers. Well, then that that's a big point. So you got to eliminate it, but eliminate it, but or cut it down, but you can't take your players out of the game.
1: Hey, coach, the last topic we have two questions on. And, uh, you being a Las Vegas guy, this certainly, um, apply. <laughs> I think you would be an expert at this. Uh, so at the end of the game. Uh, USC up by four, Juju Smith is in the open a little over a minute and changed whatever left, and uh, could have run in for a touchdown and went up two scores and decided to just take the first down and slide down. Now, the the spread on the game was between five and six, um, so USC was not covering the spread at the time. After covering it most of the game, um, that would have put USC over the spread, and, and anyone that bet USC... Uh, laying the points would have won. Um, so it was a big Vegas moment. Um, and so obviously it got a lot of attention on Twitter and the message boards and everything. But I'll read you the first of two and then get your thoughts and we'll do, read the other one. Um, so he says, please explain the strategy of Juju stopping and flopping on his way in for a touchdown at the end of the game. It cost me my bet on USC laying six points. Yes, it was it secured the win. But what was the risk? To winning the game, if he runs it in, we just would win by more points, and I win my bet. Thanks, Paul. Legally betting in Vegas.
0: Well, <laughs> I was thinking about that when that happened. You know, I really was. <laughs> I was thinking about that. The books loved it. But uh, it, what 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 happens is your mind's working in 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 two different directions. First of all, he knew if they had the first down, you're going to win the game, okay? So he knew he had the, the first down and he, he broke the tackle and he's running down the field and he's he's confused. He He's heard people probably yelling at him, fall down, fall down, or he's thinking in his mind, hey, we're going to win the game, what if something happens? So the kid is a little confused on what he wants to do here. If he runs it in, somebody's going to coach him up and say, why'd you do that? Why don't you just fall to the ground? Why don't you just, we didn't need a touchdown. Something could have happened. I was in that same situation when he did it. I was saying, oh, darn, there he goes. And all of a sudden, he slid to the ground. I said, well, that was smart. So uh you're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't. Now, if you're better, obviously, you've got an opinion on this. But as far as a kid doing what he did, he did the right thing. Uh, something could have happened. Somebody could have caught up to him, punched the ball out. I mean, you know, he probably would have scored and everybody would have been excited about it, including myself and everyone, uh, that bet the under would have been, uh, you know, pretty excited. It just depends which way you went. So, or the over, who bet on SC to cover. But, but I don't, players don't play games for what the odds are. They play for, to win the football game. So he was having all these thoughts in his mind. He knew they had to make the first down. They told him when he ran that stop route, come back and make sure you're past the first down marker. He did that. He didn't need to score a touchdown. Believe me, if it was the difference in the football game, he'd have scored. But it was the difference in winning and losing, and he did it.
1: Yeah, me personally, I just, I mean, uh I think it's college. I would like to see him score. I think, you know, percentages and all that kind of stuff, You know, what are the odds of USC losing a, you know, a kneel down victory formation snap? You know, not great. What are the odds of him not scoring and getting the ball punched out? I don't think those are great either, but it's, I think you're giving yourself the better chance to win the game. But for kids in college and the crowd and everything, I just think scoring is, is probably, it's probably worth it, you know, to score and to to get people excited. Just in my opinion, coach.
0: Oh, it's always exciting. It's always thing, but you know what? You can never be right. No,
1: yeah. You can yeah. never be right. You'll be criticized either way. Like, why didn't you just go yeah. down and blah, you know. So, I get it.
0: Yeah, either way. So, I see your side of it, too. But, yeah. you know, I, I didn't have a great angle. I, I couldn't see if he had a clear shot to the goal line or not. I, I don't know. Did he have a clear shot? Nobody was around him?
1: It looked to me, yeah. I mean, it looked like he was just going to score. And then. Uh,
0: I thought the safety was there. But I don't know.
1: Yeah. I'll but, go back. Yeah. I haven't watched the uh, replay again, but I was just, good. when I was actually on the field for that, because we came down from the press box, so. Right. Uh, we got one other question right. on that topic, though, coach. Um, a little different angle. Lee says, uh, while I think that Coach Helton is doing a much better job with the team, I'm still not sure he is the coach to take USC to national championships because he seems to lack the fearlessness and ruthlessness that is a hallmark of most national championship winning coaches. The Juju Smith play with 119 to play was a prime example. If a team like USC can't hold an 11-point lead for a minute, uh, th- uh, that is a team that does not deserve to win another game and a coach that should not be coaching. If you saw the Washington-Oregon game, you saw a ruthless team in the fourth quarter. Chris Peterson had his first-ring quarterback throwing touchdown passes with, with a 56-21 to lead, unlike the playing not-to-lose play by Juju at the end of the SC game. Uh, that's Lee. So he he wasn't real happy with the way that ended.
0: Well, and I can understand his uh, side of it because uh, I can see going for the throat in the juggler vein. I can I can see trying to uh, to 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 score points. I think Washington's thought there is Washington's trying to get in the playoffs. Okay, Washington is trying to prove to the nation that they deserve that shot in the Pac-12. They want to win the, the Pac-12 championship, go undefeated, and play in the playoffs. So I can understand that. I can understand the objectives of Chris Peterson and what he's trying to do, not pour it on, but make sure the nation realizes it wasn't a fluke in, in, in beating people. And uh, they haven't beaten Oregon in a damn long time, and they want to make sure that recruiting and everything else, that people recognize that the University of Washington is now a national football team and power-wise, for the polls and everything else. Now, in USC situation, uh, victories are important right now. They're not playing for a national championship. Victories are very important. And right now, the kids are very, uh, say, tentative, and coaches are tentative as far as just making sure we get the win. Let's just, let's just get the win. We can't lose the game. And yet, you've got to be aggressive enough to go out and do that, not be afraid to do that. Now, with Clay Helton the, the coach? I'm not going to get involved and, and say if he's the coach or not. That's not, no matter what my opinion is, it makes no difference. Everyone has an opinion, and that's what you should have. But as far as what Washington is playing for right now and what USC is playing for right now, it's a complete different objective. I know USC still has to play Washington and Washington, and then they can go up there and be the giant killer but they got them get themselves ready to play Arizona next and then take Cal after that and then get ready for Washington but if they can continue to improve every single week they can become a great football team because they have the athletes to be a great football team if you want Washington to play they're simple they know what they're doing it's not like a bunch of fancy things. They they set up their plays. They set up their routes. They do their reads. They pass block. They dominate on the line of scrimmage. They're just a good, solid football team. They're not trying to trick you. They just beat you. And this is what now USC has got to get together to be that type of team, but they certainly have the players.
1: All right, Coach. Good stuff. Uh, a little more fun talking about a win than talking about another loss. So. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, it's uh, it's nice. Yeah, we we get less questions, less people write in, more people. You know, less people are concerned after the win. I still, I I think beating Colorado, I think it's helped uh, some of the fan base. Some people are like, I feel a little better about it now. There's still the uh, the Clay Helton doubters or haters or whatever that aren't exactly happy. I guess every time USC wins, because they're afraid that Helton might win enough that they wouldn't replace him at the end of the season. So it's kind of this weird dynamic with USC fans right now, Coach. So it's we're, we're kind of seeing both sides of it. Uh, the schedule's a little bit easier now. We'll see, uh, you know, the, towards the end it gets harder. So we'll kind of see how they get through this middle spot and go from there, I guess.
0: Well, I'll tell you, uh, if they continue to get better, they got a shot. They got a shot to have not what you call a year that uh, everybody would say is a satisfactory results. But i tell you what. They're still in there. If you look at right now the North and the South, the out of state teams are dominating. Washington, Washington State. You got Utah. You've got Colorado. Uh, you've got, uh, who's the other one? Arizona State. All of these teams now, they beat Arizona State, but if you look at the Pac-12 and the Pac, uh, the Pac, the North and the South, you got out of state teams. You don't have Stanford out there. You have Cal in there. You don't have SC or UCLA at the top of them. It's all out-of-state teams. So uh, if USC can continue to win, they still got a shot at being, I think, a champion of the South. Because I think somebody's going to beat Utah. And they could lose twice. Utah was not a great team. USC dominated Utah in Salt Lake City. Uh, somebody's going to beat them. Cal beat them. Somebody could beat them. So they got to hope that happens. And uh, man, well, they really—I think they got to get beat twice for them to win it. So and they got to win every game uh, except Washington, which they'll play. That's a North team. So uh, we'll see what happens.
1: We'll see. Should be uh you know see, seasons get a little more interesting now. It always is. Halfway it point. Is. Yeah.
0: And hey, when you got a quarterback like Sam Darnold, don't ever count yourself out of the game.
1: Yeah. That is very true, Coach. All right, well, thanks again for coming on. That's Coach Harvey Hyde. Follow him on Twitter, at Coach Harvey Hyde. I'm your host, Ryan Abraham, publisher of USCfootball.com. You can check out ParastylePodcast.com for all the new and old episodes of the podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening to our little show, and we will talk to you next time. Tickets, tickets, tickets.